Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. On part two of our series on the Skinwalker Ranch, we discuss some of the most bizarre, yet most badass paranormal experiences that were seen on the ranch. We'll talk about the controversial ownership of the ranch, as well as the millions of dollars spent on trying to investigate the occurrences on this land. Could the world's leading scientists be making these crazy experiences up? What exactly did they encounter? And why is the current ownership of the ranch so controversial? Stay tuned to find out. Also, if cow mutilation is your fetish of choice, we've got more of that coming your way. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you think a black humanoid crawling out of a wormhole is cool, stick around. Ian might just blow a load out of his wormhole tonight. This is Necronomapod. Yeah, I spent millions and millions. I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. Is it risky for you to say, you know, in public that you believe I don't in, in UFOs damn. and aliens? I don't care. You don't worry that some people will say, did you hear that guy? He sounds like he's crazy. I don't care. Why not? It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change reality of what I know. Do you imagine that in our space travels we will encounter other forms of intelligent life? You don't have to go anywhere. You can find it here. Yeah. Where exactly? It's just like right under people's noses. It's, oh my gosh. Wow. All right, so part two, Ian, Skinwalker Ranch. We got part one out of the way. Yeah. Are you still as excited as you were for the Children of God series, or I'm sorry, the um, Jonestown series, as you are for Skinwalker? Oh, yeah, this one will be... Because uh, this one this gets is better. My, this is my favorite part of the story, this whole second half here. So would you say that this part is is the most excited you've been for one since, what, Jonestown part three? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's that's really saying something. Yeah, you like that's all those fair. fucks dying, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this has got a lot of cool shit in it. Like oh, for yeah. part one, this has got a little mix of everything. Yeah, and then the end has that whole rabbit hole thing that you can go down. It's yeah. super fun. A little bit of a twist. Yeah, yeah, big and I, twist. And I think other breaking news on this show, Dave, you've now tried a Wendy's triple. It was quite delicious. <laughs> Good stuff. We're not lying when we say it's it's awesome. Anybody out there, if you got that late night craving, Wendy's triple, fucking amazing. I don't recommend it very often though. <laughs> now you will feel it's a lot. It's dirt. A, bit, it's a can, bit much. You can almost literally feel your arteries cl- clogging as you eat the damn thing. Yeah. And you also need to take a bath after or a shower because it's messy as shit. Correct. Mayonnaise and tomato juice dripping all over your goddamn hands. They had that um they have that new bacon jalapeno one. And yeah. it just like the picture just looks like a regular single cheeseburger. I'm like, oh, I'll try it. And the lady was like, do you want that single, double, or triple? And I'm like, well, I'll take the triple. <laughs> you have to ask, lady? Since you're offering, yeah. go ahead and load me the fuck up with a heart attack on a bun. Yeah. Bacon and jalapenos. I didn't see that. 
I, I saw that they had fries. I didn't know they yeah. had the. Uh, it's good. Oh man, now people are gonna shit on us on YouTube because we're talking too much about food and not about the topic. Fuck them. That's Sport. the only place we get hate is on YouTube. Yeah. We need to start giving out the names of people who shit on us so that all of our loyal <laughs> listeners can go fucking troll their asses for telling us we suck. What would they say, Dave? Why are you laughing at things? They said, what? It's so funny. Yeah. How dare you have fun doing this, Dave? How dare you have fun hanging out with your friends That's drinking right. beer? It's just missing 401 that we were getting yeah. shit on for. Well, and then they said, well, that was that the episode where we talked about Domino's? At the start, mm, uh, I don't know. Because someone made a comment about why the fuck are they talking about pizza? They're supposed to be talking about oh, such right. and such topic. Yeah. It's like, well, motherfucker, if you listen to other episodes, you understand this was building to a crescendo where we tried the Domino's <laughs> pizza and everyone was into it here in our reviews. This was our big finish. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What well, was it said that it's either that we were quote fucking annoying or fucking idiots. Well, but, but then, oh, and then he was well, like, true. and then he was like, skip to six oh five to actually hear the the topic. And I was like, well, thanks, man, because you listened to at least six minutes of it. If you know that we got to the topic, YouTube's not, not the fond of us. Only place we get shit. Twitter and Instagram, we have the best followers. Yep. Not YouTube. Whatever. There's like four people that listen on YouTube. I'm not worried about mm-hmm. it. So Skinwalker Ranch Part Two. So where we left off with the uh, with the Gorman family, they had hit their breaking point with all the the phenomena going on at the ranch. And if we remember from from last week at the end, the uh, the blue orb exploded three of Tom's dogs out in the woods. So that's pretty terrible. Yeah. So Tom had, had, had that was that was his breaking point with this. So and then we touched on it last week that he. Uh, he let the Desert News run an article asking for somebody to help, and the quote was, uh, I want this to stop, or I need this to stop. I can't remember which one it was, but... But he needs it to stop. Yeah. and But little did Tom know that there was a billionaire uh, paranormal enthusiast out there just waiting for something like this, and his name was Robert Bigelow. Cousins of Bam Bam. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> What's the first thing I thought of? <laughs> Robert Bigelow, he's uh, he spent more private money than anyone in the world researching paranormal activity and mainly UFOs. He made his money um, from owning uh, the motel chain Budget Suites of America, which is... I don't think I've ever seen it a Budget Suites of America. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think they're, so. They're just like those little... Probably like a motel yeah. 6 or a Super 8. Did yeah. I mix that up? No, a Super 8 or a motel. Yeah, like a Red Roof Inn. When your door opens to a parking lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of those. I don't love that. I don't either. I once stayed in a... Fuck, where was I? I was in West Virginia, and I was at a Super 8. There were bullet holes in the door <laughs> and cigarette burns in the sheets. That sounds about what Robert Woo! Bigelow... America! <laughs> that sounds about the type of places that he, <laughs> that he owns. Mm-hmm. But he makes a fuck ton of money doing it, man. Because he has so much money and he's interested in the things he is and puts all puts all this money into stuff. There's a ton of uh, conspiracy theories out there about him. I mean, it ranges from you know obviously works with the government to right. that he's like this secret Scientology person. Like all this goof. There's all kind of stupid shit out there about him. But I just think he's a super rich guy that's into aliens. Yeah, and all actually, this would be you if you had money. Exactly. Like, oh, this yeah, kind of for money. sure. <laughs> this is exactly what I would do if I had this kind of money. What would billionaire Ian fund? Like, what would be a typical day in the life of billionaire Ian? 
I'd probably try to buy the Skinwalker Ranch. I would, man. Which I would try we'll get, and get into in that on later that. on, but you might just try to buy that. I'd hit up that that mystery guy and be like, "Hey, let me get in on this. Let me just be a, like a whatever percent owner on this." There would be like Bigfoot expeditions across, like all over the country, yeah. <laughs> or I'd be doing what Tom DeLong's doing, which we'll get into him later on. So before Robert Bigelow got involved in Skinwalker Ranch, he attempted to unite the UFO community in 1994. He knew that the uh, the biggest issue with investigating UFOs was the fact that there's not any r- real money to be made in the field. And I mean, funds are short for guys. So he went to MUFON, KUFOS, and FUFOR. <laughs> FUFOR. <laughs> and, and gave them a, he gave them millions of dollars to investigate stuff. So we had talked about this before. What episode was that in? Because that's when Nerd Mike joined us and, and, and talked about this. Was that fire in the sky? Yeah, maybe, I think so. We talked about the convention. We, we talked about people trying to work together. Like all the organizations mm. trying to work together. I think pro- almost every episode. Because we, we called him in specifically because he was an expert of, of that. I think he was with Fufor. Um, Nerd Mike? Nerd Mike. Yeah. But I don't know. I, th- I swear because I, I knew this and clearly yeah. I wouldn't have if we had not talked about it. That being said, I had, we had not specifically discussed Sufos and Fufor before. <laughs> so, yeah, Kufos is the center, the center for UFO studies. And then, and then Fufor is the fund for UFO research. Hmm. Fufor is not, it does not exist anymore. But oh. Kufos is still around. Did someone buy them out or what happened with them? Uh, Too much I just think that they probably ran out of money and then that was that. Well, they I could assume. They could have had that Bigelow cash coming in. Yeah. They blew it. You blew it. Yeah. Way to go, Fufor. Well, kudos to Kufos for hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> He was willing to give them millions of dollars to do this stuff, but all they had to do was work together. And like you were saying, Mike, we've talked about this a bunch of times that these groups just refuse to get along with each other. And in the words of George Knapp, quote, they fucked it up. Straight and to the point. Wow, so yep. vulgar. <laughs> they, no one could decide who would be in charge. They all fought with each other. So Robert Bigelow got pissed off and pulled out, just took all his money back. He's like, fuck you guys. Well, good thing he wasn't a Children of God cult member because they weren't allowed to pull out. They were not. He would not. He had been kicked out of that group real quick. <laughs> also, they were all broke hippies. This guy is clearly not a broke hippie. Very true. Yeah. So Robert decided to just do it himself, and he created NIDS, which is the uh, the National Institute for Discovery Science. So that sounds pretty official. Oh, That's yeah. A great name. They love yeah. their acronyms in the UFO community. You have to have a good one that you they can just say as like a word. love it. It's got to, yeah, you got to, it's got to be a word. I feel like they spend more time on that than they do their actual research and or trying to get along <laughs> with the other groups. Yeah, yeah you got to have a good one. <laughs> so he assembled a group of uh, very respectable top scientists and doctors to make sure that this organization had credibility. But the only problem with that is that mainstream scientists don't like their name to be associated with the paranormal. Because when you're saying... You get people like Philip Class coming in and destroying yeah. your integrity and your reputation. Yeah, and I mean, scientists like to be able to actually study something and see things happen more than once. Well, and they'd like know. to also find proof. And this is one area where it's really hard to be able to show people and be right. like, without a shadow of a doubt, here's what I found. Yeah. Well, it um, probably tarnishes their credibility in yeah. the scientific world as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. 
so because of that, most of the people that worked on the uh, on the NIDS board and the field workers wanted to be kept anonymous. We know a few names from guys that have leaked out over the years, but Robert's right-hand man at NIDS was a guy named Colm Kelleher. And then just to get an idea of the, the kind of people that Robert had working on this stuff, Colm Kelleher has a PhD in biochemistry. He worked at Canada's Ontario Cancer Institute, the Terry Fox Laboratory at the British Columbia Cancer Research Center in Vancouver, and the National Jewish the National Jewish Center for mm-hmm. for Immunology and Respiratory Medicine in Denver. So, I mean, he is a, a, a real heavy hitter in the world of cancer research. He's not some yeah. fucking idiot out there yeah, running around. Right. He's not some Joe Schmo jackass hillbilly who just <laughs> yeah. happens to believe in right aliens. This like guy's Ed, got Ed Walter's buddy down the street. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he was put, it in that episode we talked about it. Was that Fire in the Sky? No, what that was um, Golf Stream. That was Golf, Golf Stream. Breeze, Maybe that's Golf Breeze. I don't know. I'm still stuck on what we talked about that joint <laughs> gathering. Doesn't matter. After reading the article about Tom Gorman, Robert hopped on his private jet and flew out to Skin, Skinwalker Ranch. He sat down with Tom, listened to the stories, and made an offer on the spot to buy the ranch for uh, for two hundred thousand dollars, which that is seems cheap. Very. That's what cheap. I was thinking. Yeah. Five hundred acres, right? Yeah. I mean, to put it in perspective, this was what year was this? Ninety. 90. This would be ninety six. But the Gormans needed the money. Yeah, oh, they were yeah. struggling. But yeah, looking back, he probably was like, "Fuck, I could have got a lot more out <laughs> yeah. of that." But at the mm-hmm. time, when your family's hurting, your guys are starving. Someone's you're done you, with the fucking blue orbs yeah, blowing you're your dogs up. <laughs> right. $200,000 looks pretty good. Well, and the other thing that I that I had heard listening to some Art Bell stuff was that when all this stuff was going on, they were saying that uh, Tom Gorman had lost 20% of his business to the cattle mutilation stuff. Jeez. So I'm thinking from, you know, a business standpoint, 20% of your profit, man, that is a fuck ton of money. That, I mean, it's, that's rough, so... Our Bell episode available in the archives. <laughs> One of our best episodes. Um, so Blum- and Blumpkin. So, sorry. <laughs> hashtag Blumpkin. Now we're just throwing out hashtags for the show. <laughs> Fuck, what was the name of the dog? The scary wolf dog? The, the one that visited the Black guy? Chew. Black Shoe. Black Shoe. Black Chuck. Black Chuck. Hashtag Black Chuck. Hashtag Blumpkin. Hashtag Art Bell. <laughs> hashtag Area 51. Very relevant now. People want to try to storm it. They should listen to that. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Watch what happens when you try to storm Area 51 or listen to what happens. Check out our Art Bell episode. It doesn't get more real than that. <laughs> that's that's probably my favorite phone call ever. If that's not a warning as to why you shouldn't go after Area 51, I don't know what is. <laughs> you, we heard the whole thing. Sirens and all. Yeah. That long silence. and shooting at me. <laughs> Art's like, well... <laughs> I'm not sure what we heard, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, like so, like you said, um, Tom had been losing this, losing a lot of money, and uh, and he jumped at the offer and moved to a new ranch 25 miles away because Tom knew the property and Robert Bigelow bought some cattle from Tom as bait. Robert uh, talked Tom into joining Nids as a ranch manager. So you think he was paying him probably pretty well. Probably. Because if if Tom wanted nothing, he wanted to get out of this place. Yet he's going to come back and work there every day. Yeah, and only live twenty five miles away. That's, which I would right. if I was so fed I'd be up fucking and, out of state. Yeah, exactly. I Across think, the country, I think Robert Bigelow probably threw 
a good chunk took of care, change at him. Took care of the family probably, yeah. and well, probably paid well for the the cattle he took and to pay him to be the yeah, ranch because yeah. he knows the land. So like yeah, you said, right. you know, he can navigate him around to like, here's where some shit had happened. And yeah, right. you want that one, him, you sure. need that familiar person there at least for a little while. Yeah. I like to think he took care of him. Yeah. And I mean, um, I know like winter time, it can get like brutally cold there and, and snow a lot. So not all the NIDS guys were always out there in the wintertime. I mean, there were some people, but there wasn't like a full, team out there mm-hmm. in the wintertime so mm-hmm. he needed somebody so i think yeah he probably threw a nice uh a nice salary at, at tom gorman to do this and because tom's new ranch was smaller robert allowed tom to keep some of his cattle at skinwalker ranch as well so they can get mutilated also <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds great you already lost 25 percent of your cattle let's just keep more there so just within a few weeks robert bigelow had uh, nids people out there at Skinwalker Ranch with some of the most high-tech equipment ready to document what had been going on at the ranch. It's important to note, note a couple things before we get into everything. According to Robert and Colm Kelleher, they were never able to document anything on film. Everything that we're going to get into are eyewitness accounts from the NID scientists. So that, that makes me suspicious. They have all this money and high-tech equipment. They were never able to get one single thing on film. That's what they say. I don't but on top of that, they have some of these high-profile scientists. What's the incentive for making this up or lying? Really I'm not is. arguing it. I'm just yeah, saying that's I, the balance. I don't know. I just say it's suspicious. It's very suspicious. If all this activity really happened no, and nothing's on None film. of this is ever caught on film. Any of these stories. They never catch anything. Yeah, we get well, pictures that look like maybe glorified street lamps or you know things like that yeah i i I don't see the uh the end game with lying about this you know because robert bigelow he's not gonna he's he's a true believer he's and he's not gonna try to make money off this the guy has more money than he knows what to do with clearly (laughs) if he's starting his own you know scientific research experiments right and these accounts were allowed to be written in a book by George Knapp after he visited the ranch in 2002. And it was never Robert Bigelow's intention to allow anything to be published about what was going on at the ranch. It took a lot of convincing on uh, on George Knapp's part to, to get the permission. So that's what I mean is I don't see the end game here because from 96 to 2002, it was all low key. Mm-hmm. I mean, there re- really wasn't much out there in the public about it and then George Knapp was allowed to go out and even he was told at that time to you can come but you need to be quiet about stuff for a long time yeah and people debated on whether or not they were able to film proof I mean some people think that they did and they're not they're not sharing it with with the rest of the world and yeah maybe that's the case yeah but my belief in this is that there had to have been something going on for them to stay out there for eight years doing this and put all this money into it. Like, why would you stay yeah, there for eight years? Quicker that, than that, sure. That's a long fucking time it to is. stay somewhere. And maybe pu- the people are just like, this rich kook is going to pay us, so we'll stay out here as long as he wants. Well, that's true, that's, too, from their standpoint. But why would he? Yeah. I mean, unless it was just a hobby he was really into. Yeah. He would have. I, I would think that he would have to have seen something to keep him going. I mean, a smart businessman would probably say, I'm not wasting any more money on this. Yeah. Well, and because I'm going to use this clip for the intro, he did a 60 Minutes interview where Mm. they asked him about if he 
believed in UFO or if he believed in this stuff and he told the lady he was like I've seen it for myself so there's no question wow. yeah so hmm. so with with that let's let's get into some of these accounts that Ned scientists experienced in their eight years at uh at Skinwalker Ranch in September 1996, Colm Kelleher, a physicist and a veterinarian who both wanted to stay anonymous, moved into a research trailer on the ranch and, and started, uh, started watching for stuff and, and, and monitoring things. They started by ruling out any natural reason for the sightings, like geographic or magnetic anomalies. And they also did full tests on the ranch's uh, vegetation and drinking water to rule out anything that would cause hallucinations or something. But all of these tests came back negative. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that they saw was a light off in the distance that was moving like nothing they had ever seen before. But it was too far away to get a good picture. Like Colm Kelleher said, when they took a picture of it, it just looked like a star mm-hmm. on the camera. It didn't really look like anything. And a month later, a full team of scientists witnessed a yellow light fly in a full circle above them and, and fly off silently into the night. But again, it happened too fast to to get a picture. Of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said it from up top. There's no, mm-hmm. supposedly there's no, there's no film of this stuff. But I'm still going to fill up class this. <laughs> so for a while, these were the, uh, the only two sightings that Nid saw and months passed before anything else happened. And they started to think that, that Tom might've been exaggerating some of this stuff. Meanwhile, um, his three dogs are still gone and blown to bits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yep, they were sitting right there in that spot. <laughs> there were a couple weird injuries to, to some of the cattle during this time, but it wasn't enough to kill them. And it wasn't anything too like extraordinary that would have, so no mutilations. There was one that had a. It looked like it had been drilled in the like above its eye, but it wasn't like hmm. anything too too crazy like some of the others. Which stuff. still sounds pretty wild. Yeah, but but it's not what Nibs I guess was compared to for. other stuff. Yeah, if you're looking for hard evidence, that's not maybe it. Yeah, they're looking for all the the crazy shit. Then on uh, on March 10th, they would start getting that that stuff that they were looking for. On that day, Tom went over to the ranch to check on uh, check on the cattle that were out there, along with a newborn calf. Tom left for 45 minutes to tend to some other ranch stuff, and when he came back, the baby calf was mutilated, and, and that's the one that, that we were going to post on Instagram. Yeah. It's the craziest mutilation that I've ever seen yeah. the pictures of. Three of its legs were spread out. like It was almost on display. And the fourth was completely ripped off and found a couple yards away. I mean, and it was like pulled from the socket. I mean, mm. it's that would take some strength to rip a. Yeah. So you don't think it's just like a pack of wolves or something? It's too extensive to be that. Well, I mean, it's like um, I was actually going to pause here so I could look at oh, it yeah. so I can maybe have some huh. context. Because oh, is it? Ooh, it's like just spread out and just completely yeah. stripped. It's that weird. That yeah. 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 And yeah, there's no blood around. Yeah. It's very neat. And in 45 minutes, that's not happening. <coughs> no. Well, I, don't think, it's, I don't think wolves can do that in 45 minutes. Well, it's just like almost completely stripped from the neck down. Yeah, that's, that's wild. But yeah, I mean, and then the new documentary that, that came out last year, there's a lot of video that, 
George Knapp took while he was out there that they put on there of the the cattle mutilations and the, and then this one specifically it's it's pretty wild. It's th- that I don't think that can happen in forty five minutes by just some foxes or whatever yeah. coming up or wolves or whatever attacking. Yeah. That's that's clean to the bone yeah. from the neck down and there's no blood around. You would see I think some some shrapnel if that was just animals ripping at it. It's when, wild picture. Well, there's dry grass around there too. You would think that. You know that there would be something. You would see something. I don't know, Dave. I don't know. You seem skeptical. I don't know. No, I'm just asking. It's a wild. It's a wild. It is a wild picture. I don't know. What do you think it is? I I think it could have been some great fillets a few years down the road, and they fucking (laughs) ruined it for us. Some ribeyes, maybe. Yeah, I I, tomahawk ribeye. Oh boy, now I'm hungry. (laughs) It does sound good. Yeah. Dave's the expert griller of the show now. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll have a big Necronama bash and Dave will just <laughs> grill some bunch of meat and all of our fans can come and eat and That'd drink with us. Ian will answer questions about all these topics and I'll just drink since I don't cook shit and I don't know shit about <laughs> what we talk about. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll sign uh, autograph eight by tens of our faces <laughs> like I've been asking people to order. <laughs> Colm Kelleher was notified of what happened because they were giving given unlimited resources. He was on a private jet and and within an hour and a half, he was he was out there to see it for himself. And in the book, A Hunt for the Skinwalker, he takes a jab at the the MUFON guys that fucked up their previous deal with Robert Bigelow, saying, quote, most other scientists researching the paranormal couldn't even afford to rent a car for the weekend. <laughs> God damn, man. I probably got a point there. Ro- roast mode on these guys. <laughs> that same night at 11 p.m., Tom, Colm, and an unnamed physicist heard the dogs and they were on the ranch. They were barking and howling. So they hopped in a truck and went to see what was going on. And in a tree out in the distance, they saw two yellow orbs floating near near this tree, accompanied by a large dark figure that was perched 20 feet up in the tree. So Tom, I mean, it, it sounded like he had just been itching to shoot something, mm. like shoot someone, something that was going on. This probably yeah, like, after fuck. they killed his dogs. Yeah, he's been wanting to fuck something up. <laughs> he's ready to go. Yeah. So he pulled out his rifle immediately and shot it, whatever was in the tree. What if someone was just lost <laughs> on a hike or something? Tom is pissed. He's fuck this. I'm killing whatever that is. Jeez. So, so as soon as he, as soon as he shot. The two yellow orbs went black, and Tom said he saw whatever it was fall out of the tree. That what? person he killed, you mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that hiker? <laughs> Maybe it was that, uh, oh, fuck. God damn it, I can't think of his name. Cato Kalen, dude, out there <laughs> meditating. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When they, uh, but when they drove over, they didn't, they found nothing. There's no, no creature, no blood. It's like um, Michael Myers at the end of Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> I was going to ask which Halloween because he gets shot at the end of a few of them. Oh, true. Tom said that he saw another figure in another tree that was a little distance away. So he grabbed the rifle again and shot twice at whatever that was. When they went to check again, there was no no creature, no blood. But there was a single footprint that was six inches into the snow. And Colm Kelleher said that this print resembled a velociraptor print. Oh, shit. Yeah, and you can see that one on... There is a picture of that online that we can post. It does. It looks like 
this weird kind of bird print, but there's like a big claw. Mm. But and the, the weird thing is there's only just one of them. It's like, what did this thing just have one leg yeah. or something? Like, it's really bizarre. The story reminds me of Jeepers Creepers yeah. again. So further into the investigation, they would get a clear look at a picture or at a creature that uh, that just completely defied logic. They noticed some dust being kicked up by one of the cattle pens, and all they could see at first was a reddish-orange blur. And as they got closer, they saw a very large, muscular creature that had a, a big, red, bushy tail that looked like a fox's, but it was a lot bigger. The closest thing that they could compare it to by the way it, its body looked and the way it moved was a hyena. And once this creature had realized it was seen, it jumped through the horse fencing and just ran up over a slope of land. And see, this is where I get into the thing where I'm like, I don't necessarily believe that they didn't get pictures of stuff mm-hmm. because that seemed pretty clear Yeah, that they could have taken a picture right. of that. I think of that hyena on HGH. Yeah, I, I feel like they could have in. They're not showing that to. To people, because you have to assume they have a camera with them at all times. You would yeah. imagine these are intelligent people. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Right. So was this thing supposedly standing upright then, or on all fours? It was like on a, all fours. Okay. It reminds, which I think we talked about last week too. Right? There was like the wolf, like the big muscular wolf that they were seeing around right. this, on this on the the property. Right. But then, the, but this thing sounds like something out of a straight up like I don't even know, man, like a fantasy type uh yeah type thing yeah. It's, you know but i thought the one last week was too well last one was just a big old wolf the diet it was resembled a dire wolf it was just a yeah. oversized wolf people close to the ranch also reported seeing strange things around the time of this uh this hyena like creature a couple was driving near skinwalker ranch at dusk and saw a dark humanoid figure sprinting through the field that was keeping pace with their car, and uh, and it was running straight towards the ranch. That's creepy to me. Fuck yeah. Like, looking out your window and seeing this, this dark scary figure sprinting towards a ranch, well, keeping up with your car? Because these things, these these dark figures, we talked about them last time. The one came out of the, the, um, the refrigerator-style UFO. The RV yeah, one that was sitting right. there, and then the other one came out of the woods and screamed at the, the, the roared Kato at Kalen guy, <laughs> roared at Kato Kalen. So yeah, these things are fucking scary because they're featureless, and I just, I mean, from the account in the book, this thing was just like moving hard, and they're like seven feet tall, and it's just yeah, that's frightening, taking that's off through terrifying. the desert. Shortly after this, um, Colm Kelleher and an astrophysicist named Dr. Eric Davis, who his name leaked out later. And when his name leaked out, he was um, he was then comfortable with going on like coast to coast and different different mm-hmm. things. He's like, well, you got me. Yeah. Well, let's go make the rounds. Yeah, because right. I'm not going to get a real fucking job anymore. <laughs> Thanks. It's like I almost had tenure. <laughs> I'm a UFO chaser. And I feel bad for him because he's a, he's a really... Um, level-headed scientist and a lot of this shit that went on at skinwalker ranch he was he was uh involved in a lot of it like it seemed like it like a lot of the stuff almost gravitated towards him hmm. and it's like he was just like oh, so is why? there something to say about him just embellishing stories no i don't know because i mean colin kelleher was with him a lot yeah. and i there's like i said what's the end game for this 
cancer high up cancer research guy to lie about this shit. Yeah. And Robert Bigelow's like, well, I got more money than it, you know. Like, I don't. What's he going to do? He's not doing do? it for a book deal, right? Yeah. So they were out one night watching for for activity when the the blue orb showed up. They said it was the same size as the one Tom had reported that it was uh, about the size of a basketball, and it hovered directly in front of them, about fifteen feet off the ground. And when Colm started to pick up his camera to take a picture, it just disappeared like someone turned off a light. Hmm. So it faded out, but then was just gone. Yeah, and that's that's something that if you listen to any interviews with Colm Kelleher talking about this stuff, he's like, it's just trying to document this stuff was the most frustrating thing that he had said that he had ever been a part of because it was like, it according knew. to him, it, it was like impossible to get this stuff on film. Why wouldn't you have video recording equipment just stationed all over, I guess, is my question. Well, we'll get into that. There's an incident with that later on. Okay. Colm and Eric kept, kept searching the area and using night vision binoculars, Eric started watching um, a, a tree line off in the distance. And all of a sudden, Eric just said, quote, oh, Jesus. And when Colm asked him what he was looking at, Eric said that it was something dark and huge that was moving north. They said it was so big that from their distance, you couldn't tell if it was in the trees or behind them. But all they knew is it was blocking out some of the stars. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> And as they were sitting there watching, all of a sudden, Eric started yelling, quote, it's got me. And in his head, he kept hearing a voice say over and over again, quote, we are watching you. And then again, like someone just turned off a light, the the voice stopped and the huge dark shadow was gone. Hmm. And Eric just went back to normal. Yeah. But he, I mean, he was freaked out yeah you know, it, it's I mean, this wasn't so that's uh, pretty common with almost every alien story we've told. That has where they're like telepathically, yeah, telling them something. There's other phenomena with the voices, but it, but not inside your head necessarily. But it was like, like when the scientists were walking around and stuff, they would hear like two people talking to each other. It was up in the air, like almost like right above Mm. your head, and you couldn't make out exactly what they were saying. And some of them said it sounded like almost like it was in a different language. And then when these voices noticed that you knew that they were that you could hear them, it just just turned off and just stopped. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So that's like if it's bleeding too. through from another dimension or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's we still need to do a fucking episode on the dimensions because <laughs> that stuff is just all baffling to me. Yeah. Those. Yeah. They called them um, controllers. They, that was the term that they used mm. for them. They assumed that they were some kind of craft with something yeah. but they couldn't it was just like you're just hearing something talking it's weird yeah, that's would you go camp out at skinwalker ranch for a week if we could a week jesus man that's aggressive i would do a night well, i'm not a fan of camping but if i had yeah, the I don't opportunity can, can i have an rv sure all right yeah i'll do that right. loaded with beer and guns yeah <laughs> If I had the opportunity, oh yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be taking AR-15s with You're gonna be fucking us. Tom Gorman, everybody shooting everyone out of the sky. <laughs> I said that name right, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm all hesitant after my bad jokes last week. Um, <laughs> what bad jokes? We talked about this. Oh. The, the Richard Chase and my Bundy joke and all that. <laughs> um, hell yeah, I would do that. in an RV. Yeah, I would. I would too. Plus, one hundred percent. A week in an RV, getting to drink beer and shoot guns with you guys. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign up? 
That would be a dangerous situation. I've never shot a gun in my life. I shot a gun one time. <laughs> it was the most terrifying experience of my life. I have never right. shot a gun. I am uh, not a fan of shooting guns. If it's your thing, good, great for you, but it's it's not for me. I'll drink the beer. I'll watch people shoot the guns. Yeah. We'll watch Dave shoot. We'll just take shotguns so you can't hurt yourself. Perfect. No problem. No one's ever died from a shotgun. <laughs> we'll just shoot things out of trees like fucking Gorman was. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, I would love to go out here. I would, uh, for he's sure. He's all, now he's ready, he's ready to set some dates right now. He's like, see? so when are you guys available next it, spring? I would love it. Just yeah. see something super fucked up that just completely changed my whole outlook on life. That's what I would love I mean, to see. You mean change or confirm well, your confirm, outlook yeah. on life? Or end your outlook on life. <laughs> also that. <laughs> I'm dropping shit over here. So more about our camping trip after this. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. So this mystery voice that happened to uh, Dr. Eric Davis wasn't the only incident of something unseen producing activity. Uh, one day, a group of cattle acted like they were being herded by some by some like unknown force. They said that they saw a cow going towards a salt lick, but then just suddenly it stopped in its tracks like it saw something threatening in front of it. It was found that these unseen incidents could be tracked magnetically. So using a compass, the needle pointed, pointed directly in front of the cow and the cow turned and ran. And when it did, the herd split in half. One group was going east. The other group was going west as if something was moving right down the middle of the herd. And the whole time that this was happening, the needle and the compass followed this unseen force until it until it just disappeared. That's wild. Yeah. Maybe it was like Jesus in those footprint posters. Yeah. You know, when there's only one set of footprints, so it says Jesus carried you the whole time. Maybe he was like the shepherd. I don't think I've seen those. You've never seen the footprints? I don't know. It's like single single footprints on the beach. And Jesus, when I needed you and I had all this trouble, where were you? Oh, I was carrying you the whole time. Those prints are mine or something like that. It's good stuff. Then why'd you let me get raped? <laughs> well, I was carrying you. Hmm. Sorry, we can move on. Any hoodles. <laughs> Dave can take a non-religious topic and make it religious and then turn us into an unne- un- unseen shepherd figure. It's kind of like Jesus because he was the shepherd, but he didn't really exist. Can you turn some of these waters into Miller Lights for me, please? Because that would also be great. Done. Boom. <laughs> Thanks, so- Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, these incidents of unseen phenomena were usually accompanied by a sulfur-like odor. And this sulfur smell was reported another time by Colm Kelleher. And he said he was walking the ranch when he was hit with this smell. 
and he felt like something was close and watching him. And although he didn't see anything, Combs said that this was one of the few times that he physically felt threatened on the ranch, like he was in danger for whatever mm. reason. It's almost like the uh, like the Gormans on the last episode with that blue orb that mm-hmm. they just did. They couldn't explain why they were so scared. Like impending doom. Yeah. And almost every uh, Nid scientist had an experience with this uh, with this smell mixed with with fear going on. Hmm. Can a place be evil? I guess I don't know. I, mean, I don't know about evil. I guess it would define it, evil. Is it more likely to be evil? Or is there more likely to be paranormal activity due to the place itself? What do you believe in? I don't, I don't believe in any of that shit. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking in general. I'm not you. I mean, not e- evil. Well, we know that. where Dave stands on this story. These are all just a bunch no, of scientists trying to right, get let me, rich. Let me rephrase that. Do you think there are certain spots on Earth that where these anomalies are drawn to, and so they put off that aura of fear and doom and something like that? Maybe, yeah. Are they portals to other dimensions or? I mean, that has to be. If this is real, there has to be because it's always the yeah. same spots, right? Yeah, this a lot of this activity focuses around that that um, that first homestead mm-hmm. is where a lot of this stuff happens at, like the the portal opening up in the sky, that orange. What do you mean the first homestead? So there's three homesteads on oh, the on ranch, the property, okay, right okay. on the ranch. Yeah. It focuses around the on one of around one of them, the main one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, meaning you know, ten thousand years ago, did someone open a portal on this land and? That in turn fed This is why I want to do an episode on this dimension portal shit because I feel like we touch on it all the time and yeah. I don't know shit about what that even means necessarily. It's just a different dimension. It's like... Uh, we can save it for an episode. Uh, yeah. You don't need to educate me I'm now. I think I had to... I'll just drink my Miller Lite and try to keep up. Like you can't see it. Right? It doesn't make... Like we're, right. Right. Until, we're you, until you can see it right. and there's a fucking black humanoid crawling out of it right like whatever whatever it is would have had to either figure out how to get through there or it was it's like an area where it can for whatever where the dimensions collide or right tears in the fabric or was who what there was a scientist involved in this that said it wasn't colin kelleher it was someone else that said that this area is like where it's like reality is thin on the ranch hmm. like there's it's just a Anomaly of That's an a area. Scary comment. Reality is thin. Yeah. New shirt idea. Reality is thin. <laughs> I love it. Necronomapod. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Reality is thin. That underwritten parentheses mostly because we're drunk. <laughs> On the back. <laughs> Necronomapod. So in uh, in April of '97, Colm Kelleher was on an airplane heading out to the ranch and missed one of the the strangest things to happen. He, he missed it by a couple hours. Uh, Tom Gorman and his wife Ellen were driving through the ranch and they passed a pen that had four bulls in it. Tom went around counting the cattle to make sure that they were all there. And as they were driving back to leave 45 minutes later, all four of these bulls were just gone without a trace. So Tom got out and started looking around for tracks when he heard something in a small trailer that was sitting next to the pen. Um, this this trailer was run down. It was locked and hadn't been opened in years. And Tom looked into this small opening and saw all four of the bulls were just tightly packed in this trailer, and they were acting almost like they were drugged. And 
You can see that on the documentary. There's some footage from George Knapp with Colm Kelleher talking about this yeah. trailer. It's small. I don't. It, it's like they barely fit in there. Yeah, it's they shouldn't have fit in there. No, it's impossible to get four bulls in something like that. So Tom banged on the side of the trailer, and the bulls snapped out of it and just destroyed the inside of this thing. And they came out unharmed. They were fine. They just eventually came out. I picture Tom probably banged on the side of the trailer and just backed way the fuck up. I would, these, oh, yeah. uh, I would hope so. <laughs> these things started tearing up this thing, the trailer. Get the fuck out. Well, he, I'm sure he had his gun. He was ready to fire. Yeah, Tom, Tom was, he was always walking ready. on edge everywhere at this <laughs> yeah. point. Colm Kelleher arrived and started looking at everything and he, and he knew that this trailer wasn't used and wasn't destroyed before he left because it was right next to uh, one of the mid the one of the NIDS uh, main trailers. So he brought out this magnetic field detector and found that all of the metal surrounding the pen had become magnetized. Like you just stick metal to these poles. Like, yeah. And that's the thing with a lot of this stuff is like, it's weird and it's unexplainable, but it doesn't prove anything. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a little, a bunch of odd little things, but what does it add up to? Right. Like from a scientific standpoint, like a guy like Colm Kelleher that's out there trying to, scientifically prove something it's like well that's weird but but what does it mean right like what am i supposed to do with this Mm -hmm. information the phenomena after this the phenomena calmed down for a couple months besides uh poltergeist activity opening the dog pens constantly because they what what nids was doing where they had a ton of dogs out there and they were using the dogs as like um bait no, like sensors, like the dogs okay. could if detect. the dogs would bark or something, yeah. they would know something might be up. Or Right. NID scientists recorded that the dogs were let out 108 times. This almost was like a big, like, fuck you to the NIDS people, because everything else stopped, but oh, the yeah, they knew what they were going. Doing. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Well, and you got to think, like, these scientists, they record everything, like, meticulously, mm-hmm. because there's a board of direct this is a big time organization that robert bigelow built here so there's a board of people that they have to report to so you know these scientists are out there like you gotta be fucking kidding me all these dogs go flying out again 108 times yet they never had cameras on the dogs well that's the thing here let me look up this guy's like i would put a camera on the dog pen or whatever the second time it happened yeah because well, if the gate opened, how did that happen? Was one of the dogs fucking with it? Is yeah. someone opening it? Is it just yeah. opening on its own? Did they retrieve have, these dogs or did they just take off and were gone? No, they'd have to. They sent Gorman out and he shot them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's like this guy, uh, Colonel John, this guy, uh, John B. Alexander, who his name had leaked out later on, who he uh, he's re- retired, this retired military guy that was like big time I mean, he was he did stuff at mit and harvard like this was a really well-educated guy and he was out there working on stuff and after the book was released and his name was exposed and then he was went around and talked about stuff he said when his experiences out there was like whatever was going on the ranch was in control and you were just there to just amuse them yeah just to be there like you had no control over like all these scientists trying to set up cameras and do all this shit like it they weren't in control whatever was going on there was so even if they had set up a hundred cameras around a thing they would have just found a way to disable them right or or just like that was that's one of the big things is like they would set up a camera like okay this happened here and then the next time it would happen it would be like right off the camera like it's constantly fucking with trolling their asses yeah I mean, that suggests a higher intelligent something. something. 
But then the orbs weren't. But they showed the intelligence. Didn't show because like, they couldn't find the Gorman when he was hiding behind like yeah. the hay barrel. They right? had yeah, like, like they, they didn't sh- know where he went. It showed some intelligence, but not that type of intelligence. We talked about yeah. that last week, right? Yeah. The, the, the orb couldn't find where he went and thought he disappeared. Right. It was looking for him, but it couldn't. Like it didn't. And he was just literally know. just ducked down. Right. It's a fucking wild ass story. I, that's like in the the clip I used for episode one with. George Knapp talking about it when he gave his presentation when the book came out. He was like, you can believe some of it. You can believe yeah. none of it. I don't. And he was like, I don't expect Just buy any. my fucking book. And pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's it's wild. And George Knapp's a legitimate news guy. Oh, fuck in yeah. Vegas. Like he's a local legend. Yeah. As legitimate as you can be in Vegas, I guess. <laughs> well, he exposed. Uh, he's the Area 51 man when uh, Bob Lazar came out in 89. Hmm. Uh, George Knapp did the the inter- the, don't, the first interview with Bob Lazar okay. back in the All day. Right. When is the date of the Area 51 storming? September 21st, I think. It's next month. I wasn't sure if this episode would be out past no. that. but So September 21st. Are we going to do like a live watch of that and just commentate while we watch it on the news? Yeah, I'd be something. down. I'd be down. Be something <laughs> That's right a bonus, to bonus episode. Yeah. You know, some Double asshole bonus. is going to show up. There are a couple of them. I bet a bunch of people are going to show up, but who's going to actually have the balls to do something? I hope if they listen to our Art Bell episode available in the archives, they won't do anything because we hear what happens <laughs> when you try to storm Area 51. <laughs> yeah. Didn't the Area 51, like the government, send out a press release like, please don't do this? It was a, they were saying a very nice way of... We have the right to fuck you up if you try to do something. We'll, we'll, you down. we'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, you we will, will kill you yeah. if you try to do this. Like yes. you're going to be hostile and an enemy, and we're going to shoot you. I mean, the signs out. We hired Tom Gorman. He's got his gun. He's <laughs> going to shoot your ass. He's salivating at the thought of fucking busting a cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a very kind way of saying you will. You will be killed idiots. if you try. Something September twenty like first. Is that, this is yeah. better than that Philadelphia fucking tinfoil party. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's what the last time I looked, it was over a million people had liked it. Yeah. So first of all, who will have the balls to show up? Second, and I think people will. A couple. I think a few thousand. And then who's going to have the balls to actually do something? Right. Let me look at the day of the week there on that. September 21st. That's a Saturday. There you go. All right. I said we drink some beers and watch it. <laughs> And then, Just hang out. You know someone will live stream that shit on Periscope sure. or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We could just watch it and record it and, and put that out as a bonus or something. Yeah, that would be that fun. That sounds fun. Or never release it and then everyone listening right now will be like, fuck, I wish I would have heard them say something about it. And they'll just have to pay for it at some point <laughs> if we sell the tape. That'll be the Patreon $500 level. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Listen to three drunk asses watch people get mowed down at Area 51. <laughs> We laugh until people actually die, and then we're like, fuck, we can't release any of this. <laughs> Maybe storm Olivia Wilde's house and try to Oof. get a view of the Blumpkin instead. She's still with Jason Sudeikis? Is that still a thing? Yeah. I feel like Hollywood relationships. Yeah. They're married. They a couple though. kids. They've been married for a long time. My, our goal is to make Necronomapod outlast that relationship. <laughs> That's my goal. It's a little harsh. I'm just saying. Is it, though? I mean, they give each other Blumpkins. No big deal. Or he, she gives him a Blumpkin. Allegedly. Can a guy give a girl a blumpkin? I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. Be a well, I wouldn't recommend a girl do it to a guy either, but if you're down there, you're down there. All right, anyways, please. <laughs> so th- this is my favorite. Jesus, stop turning my water into beer. <laughs> 
so this is my uh, this is my favorite part of this story. This is what I was alluding to last week. About four months had passed with nothing really going on until one night, two NID scientists who wanted to stay anonymous saw this, this the, fuck, the coolest paranormal thing I've ever heard. I agree. This is really cool. Yeah. Um, these two scientists who in the book are named uh, Jim and Mike were out watching for anything to happen out at the ranch. And after sitting out there for about six hours, around 2.30 a.m., they just they gave up and started to pack up their equipment. As they were packing up, Jim noticed a faint yellow light off in the distance, and he pointed it out to Mike, and they watched as this light started to grow. This Jim guy was like, I you know, started to unpack the camera to see if they could get get some pictures while Mike started to watch through night vision binoculars and this light just kept growing. Jim couldn't see anything besides the fact that this light was getting bigger, but looking through the night vision binoculars, Mike whispered, quote, it's a tunnel. It's a tunnel. <laughs> so it was like a That was Mike whispering, it's a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> you did that great. Thank you. Thank you. I practice you're that all day. Thank you for noticing, Dave. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he said it was like, uh, like, like, you know, like like a tunnel. I mean, it was like you could see in there, and it was like a physical. There was like substance to this right. thing. It wasn't depth. Yeah, and the hole started expanding. How far away was it from? Like this was ways off. Like they needed the binoculars to kind of see to it, right? Yeah. So it wasn't, this wasn't something that was hovering above them or right, right near them. Yeah. And they said it was like 15 feet off the ground. It looked like about, but, but a ways off. Right. So that yeah. might've been hard to tell how high off the ground it was. Yeah. Though. So once this light got to between two and four feet wide, this is what they're estimating. Mike said he could clearly see something was in the tunnel as, as Mike watched this this light continued to grow. He realized that what he was looking at was a black, faceless humanoid crawling out of the tunnel. So it was like the the one that was running through the desert, mm-hmm. whatever. And he said this thing was uh, like army crawling, like it was struggling to get out of the portal. Like it was on its elbows and knees, like pulling itself yeah. through. And once it finally got out, and I know it's like described too, is like it it like grabbed the sides of this light and pulled itself through once it finally. So it was an easy task this thing was doing. Yeah. But once it, uh, once it got out, it just stood up and they said it was like around seven feet tall. It just stood up and, and walked out into the night and then the light slowly got smaller and smaller and it was completely gone. Like it, the, the portal just shut. I mean, if this is real, this is craziness. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's and it's described in the book. It's not like this guy was uh was just watching this either. It's like like a horror movie. Like he's like doing a play by play for the other guy with the bina- like while he's watching. He's like he's like it's getting bigger. There's something in that. Like they're freaking out. That's shit your pants time, man. Yeah. yeah. Whew. I I just try and envision. I mean, just the mental of visual. Of How this. has no one made the, this movie? Well, they got that history thing coming out. I think it's more of a documentary, though. Yeah, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. This is... I can't wait to watch that. All these these sci-fi films. Why yeah. would you not buy the movie rights to this? Yeah, or does fucking Bigelow own the movie rights, probably? We'll, we'll get into that shit later on. All right. That's a teaser, folks. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's just got to be like... 
like what the fuck is going on right now and especially when it just gets up and just walks out into the desert or into the All into the ranch seven feet of him just walks on right and they said this thing was about like muscular this thing was, mm. was pretty jacked i mean it like was, how often do things come through this portal and how many portals are there and how long has there been a portal right or like if we're out here at night like are there more of this thing, these things just out here with yeah. us, just watching? Just like birthing Shaquille O'Neal's, like seven <laughs> foot tall, muscular fucking human beings Holy or humanoids shit. or whatever they are, yeah. but with no face, just completely, mm. just a nothing. It's maybe they're just that's like creepy. A blank canvas and they take over someone's body and then they get their face or who knows? Invasion yeah. of the body snatchers stuff. Yeah, it's a. Now you're getting somewhere. Mm. And that's the thing. And the black humanoid, I think we talked about this last week. Isn't that what Barney Hill saw when he saw up into the spaceship? He saw what they said would look like the classic grays, but they were dressed in all black. They were. That's right. We we cleared that up last week. They were there and they were real tiny. They were like three or four feet tall. Yeah. So it's not quite the same. Yeah. He said that they moved like a. he compared them to Nazis. Yeah. Like they moved real. The classic grace. Yeah. yeah. But this thing just like a person just crawled out of this thing. And just got up away. and walked away. Fucking went and just grabbed some yeah. rebounds and dunked over people's asses. And that that's the craziest thing with this is what there's no end game here to lie about this. Really, to, there's no money here to be made. With from, a billionaire funding a bunch of legitimate scientists, what's right? What's the motive? Right. The scientists have credible careers. The they're billionaire not trying to has, blow up. Yeah. Right. The billionaire has his money. Why? That's, that's to me, I think the most intriguing part. Yeah. Even above all this, this alleged shit they're seeing, there's, there's not anything to gain here. This isn't some mm. crazy guy from Florida seeing things or right. some backwoods people right. making, you know, alleging to see stuff. You know, this is, these are credible people, successful people. Yeah. Who are saying this happened. Why? They were just paid to research this shit. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, why Why yeah. would they say this right. if if not experienced? I mean, anything like this always depends on credibility. So, and this is pretty high up. Yeah. The, I mean, the only thing missing meter. from this is that photo or that camera shot. Well, this, like, you trust these people. Yeah. There's, I mean, we got what you, you said earlier, the leading cancer, like, researchist or research scientist in, in the world or one of them. Yeah. This guy traveled nationwide. Right. Yeah, and I mean the picture from what it, what is said that came out of this just looked like the like a yellow orb off in the distance. Mm-hmm. You couldn't they couldn't really and I you know and you gotta think too. This is back in the '90s. I don't know what the technology was like as far as uh, camera quality exactly back then either. All right, question: Could he have just seen like the outline of a tree in this light? Gorman shoots someone. They fall from the tree, and it looks like someone jumping out of the light. <laughs> Could that have happened? I think they probably because would have reported we do need to the gunshot, in, right? We do need to keep in mind that he saw this through binoculars. Yeah, these so were this night, thing was far away. Yeah, these were night vision. Night vision or binoculars. Thermo. There, there, night there, vision. there could have been a malfunction. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm not... And maybe yeah. he... he he wanted to see something so badly that he he misperceived what he saw. I don't know. I'm just throwing out different questions. Yeah. Not Are we still up for going out to the ranch for a week? Of course. I would love to see that. In all I, would, I would. Can we book it? I would love to see that as well. 
I would have to be the same distance. Could we get our but, listeners but, to pay for it and we'll film the entire thing, oh Blair Witch God, Project style, it. and I'll have just fucking snot coming out of my nose the whole time <laughs> as I'm holding the camera right under me and it's all just dripping? <laughs> that would be the coolest fucking thing. Yeah? Yeah. Until it starts running after you. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, speed. We say that until this fucking shit starts being real. And we're like, fuck this. I quit the podcast. I quit life. I quit everything. Uh, this is this is pretty ballsy of these two guys. They went down there. They waited for a while. They, they were scared, but they went down there with uh, some of their equipment and started to take readings of stuff. And there was nothing really compelling about it besides the, that sulfur type smell so and then we're gonna this gets into uh the whole the whole camera thing we were talking about earlier nid set up multiple surveillance cameras around the area where there was a lot of activity happening but like we were like we were saying before everything just seemed to happen right off camera and then they would move it and it would happen off camera again so being super frustrated the scientists decided that they were just going to start pointing these cameras at each other so there was no way to miss something if, if okay, something makes happened. sense yeah right. they so what it's described as like they had it was either six or eight cameras and they were like all right fuck this we're just positioning them and pointing them all at each yeah. other so that evening or it was six i'm sorry so that evening they noticed that three of the cameras weren't recording and when they went up to went up there to look they saw that um the three that stopped working had all the cords pulled out of the back of back of them but this time they had the other cameras pointing at them so they're like so if somebody climbed up there and was fucking around we we got it on camera now which is what we said they should have done for the dogs yeah put it on the the kennel or whatever so when they went back and reviewed this tape there was just there was nothing again there was just nothing there the only thing they saw was that at 8 30 p.m the red power lights on the cameras that were that had the cords pulled out of them just turned off mm. all at the same time and the the lights just blinked off and that was it explain so, that again nothing it was jesus <laughs> have at it dave Uh-oh. have at it have at it I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> so that's kind of where... I guess my point is maybe if we go camping out there, Dave will find Jesus. Oh. <laughs> no. I, I don't think... With all that beer happen. and all those guns, Dave will find Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and after that, stuff started to wind down at Skinwalker Ranch for Nids. And that's kind of where the book for uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker just, just kind of ends. It's... That was the end of their research. It's very really. anticlimactic end of the book. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, yeah, the camera shut off. We didn't know why. They the never. They, they say they never got anything. It was or nothing of. Maybe the whole of point of all of it was getting this humanoid out of the tunnel. Once that happened, just get it out. Yeah, that was the end game. Yeah. Um, but that that didn't that didn't stop research into the ranch. And this is. This is my favorite part of the story. I fucking love this this rabbit hole kind of stuff. He's getting so fired up. <laughs> so, if only the people knew how many times throughout the week you texted us going down a rabbit hole, <laughs> might find some stuff. <laughs> uh, well, I and I I tried to. I think I did a pretty good job of keeping this is uh, not confusing as possible because there's a lot going on here. So in 2004, NIDS was disbanded and Robert Bigelow started a new organization called BASS, which was the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. Not as great as NIDS, 
but he kept it. You still can just say bass. Has anyone ever had the acronym of just letters? And how shunned were they from day one? I can't think of one that just had letters. It's always got to say, you got to be able to say it. You got to be able to say it as a word. Well, they had BAP for a while, B-A-A-P. But there's still a vowel in it so you can make it work. Like, I'm wondering if there was ever like a B-W-J-L. And BAP was like, fuck you, you suck. You're not credible. (laughs) Because BAP was Barney's alien ass play. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be confused with his wife's caw, crack ass whore. (laughs) 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 Poor Betty. Is that episode available anywhere? Yeah, the Betty and Barney Hill is available in the archives right now. was, Was that episode two? Two or three, four, three. something. It was the. I think it was two or three, right? It was three. It was the Art Bell when we when we couldn't release the Children of God episode because <laughs> it was too offensive. Yeah, <laughs> and then we we made it better, yeah. and hopefully had had a good two parter on that. Hope people like that. It had monk chanting. Mm-hmm. If you can't get off to that, you can't get off to anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the uh, the new mission statement for Bass would make you assume that Robert Bigelow had learned something from the eight years at Skinwalker Ranch. Because in the statement, it says the UFO phenomena can manipulate the perception of the person viewing the incident, making it more of a psychic event. And then Bass's aim was to use the human mind to expand this research. So So now he's throwing money into the thought that this might be partially in people's minds. Like, like, um... I don't know if he was, if it was like wiring up like something to people's heads to track brain waves when they're seeing this, but it's something along those lines, like monitoring the person that's actually seeing it instead of trying to capture what's happening on film. But you've Do been you, referencing that you thought that, you know, since we even started doing this show, that that's what these encounters are. Yeah, that's what I think. I yeah. think it's partially, I think it's a little, I think it's kind of half and half. So, I, and we don't need the deep dive into that just yet, because I'm sure we'll get to that at some point, at some time. But could this also just be Bigelow having random, having random people tell him this is what I saw and no one else is confirming it. So now he's saying, well, maybe this is just in your mind and they're putting it there. So let me throw all my money at that. And that's why we can't record all of this. And I don't know, because the thing is with with Bass, too, is that there was reports coming out of there. You know, because Robert Bigelow under Bass, he has two space stations up in space. I mean, he's. Bigelow does? Yeah, God he's putting a lot of fucking What's money into this. Though? I don't know. Are they he still talk about it. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, is that with... How does a private citizen just have two space stations up there in fucking space? Well, he's got some connections that we'll get into, but he... Uh, there was rumors coming out of Skinwalker Ranch that they had recovered something that was like a... Um, not like a hot air balloon, but it was like a balloon, like an inflatable thing that they had found out there and everyone's like what the fuck like it was a weather and, balloon yeah like inflate well yeah everyone's like was it was it an inflatable spaceship or whatever you know but then years later robert bigelow goes and puts an inflatable space station thing up into space so it's like did he get something out there did like he technology that he, yeah how did he get an inflatable I, I don't know the. No one knows. I how? don't know the science behind that, but yeah, he's got two of them up there floating around in space. I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I picture like just big bouncy houses. <laughs> There's like kids jumping around in them, still just floating around the earth. 
it's man he's yeah it's wild he's a he's a very interesting guy it's wild at some point in 2007 someone from the defense intelligent agency and it's assumed to be a guy named um james lakatsky came out to see the ranch in person and robert bigelow talked to him about what what had been going on out there what they had found and then this guy went back and reported his findings which resulted in senator harry reed appropriating 22 million dollars for the study of skinwalker ranch i mean he was the senate majority leader so it's a yeah powerful guy absolutely yeah. and i was looking because i wanted to see like what the that's aver- wild yeah that's wild and i wanted to see what the average government project costs i couldn't really find any like actual average but i did find this military thing that they did not that long ago that was like a like a new GPS system for military aircraft that would uh, help them land in bad weather and yeah. and stuff and that was uh, that was twenty four million dollars so it's about the same amount of money that that they're throwing at safety for the military right and they're Harry Reid put it into Skinwalker did this Ranch. come out of the Pentagon appropriations budget. It was a black budget mm, stuff. Okay. Yeah. So Harry Reid funding this would start a government group also in 2007 called ATIP. Which Mike, what does ATIP stand for? Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. <laughs> that, Fuck you, what, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good thing Sorry. I'm going to be looking Go at the on. page when he asked me. <laughs> So, and this program would research, um, it would research the ranch and also investigate UFO reports that were going around the the country and mainly guys in the military that were seeing stuff. It was giving them an avenue to report stuff that they were seeing out there because up until, or at least what it said is up until this, there wasn't a clear avenue for these guys to be like, hey, I saw something really really wild out here while we were flying and it seemed like um a lot of what these like navy guys and stuff were seeing was like out in the middle of the ocean and that happens yeah frequently yeah and commercial pilots too right so it was giving them an an actual place to report this kind of stuff idea and that's like the big uh the big oh shit moment for for the ufo world because in in 1968 when the government shut down project blue book they said that was it we're we're done we're not UFOs are bullshit. There's nothing here. We're we're yeah. over it. But then you find out that so this funding is a, a pseudo acknowledgement that it's at least there's something that there's they're something concerned about. On, yeah. yeah, it's really eye opening. Like yeah, that kind of that's that's wild. And it just it keeps getting this, and then this timeline keeps getting weirder. So somewhere in between 2008 and 2009, Robert Bigelow lobbied the FAA and would get all UFO reports to come directly to Bass. And then he gave MUFON an undisclosed amount of money to have all their UFO reports come to Bass. So now there's not like probably 99% of UFO reports coming to Bass, which then funneled right into ATIP, which was Henry Re- or Harry Reid's program. All being done by Robert Bigelow, who yep. just happened to be a fucking rich Ian. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. You just need to start some low budget hotels and you're set, yeah. man. He's probably got the fucking humanoids chained up in his basement and stuff. 
kinds of wild Can you imagine? Shit. I Well, that's what somebody went I don't want to know what rich people have access to. My <laughs> mind can't handle that. My anxiety would go nuts. Well, that's someone posted that they wa- they walked close to the entrance of the ranch not that long ago and they said it was just cattle bones everywhere like a huge ass pile and like they were feeding something out there do you think they were also doing that though just to also scare people away yeah maybe so and then it's also reported in 2009 harry reed's quoted as saying uh quote much progress has been made with the identification of several highly sensitive unconventional aerospace related findings who did he tell this to that is the biggest sentence without ever saying anything (laughs) ever spoken like he he says so much but so little in that sentence yeah much progress has been made with the identification of several highly sensitive unconventional aerospace related findings (laughs) and that's not the only what And that's not the only thing that he has said on record regarding UFOs. And it's like it's you said, it's like a bunch of it's like, wait, what? Like what <laughs> would you just say? Like that could be, be, be referring to people pooping on a Delta yeah. flight. <laughs> like I'm fucking thinking of Joe Dirt pulling that big uh, space turd around eating his fucking cheeseburger and French fries off it. Like what? What, the, what did you just say? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's a weird. It, yeah. What's the line from Rush Hour? Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. The hell did you just say? <laughs> no. no Rush Hour fans here? It's been a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. made like five oh, of those, I yeah. think. Way too many. That's the, do you, under- do you understand the words? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> so in, uh, in, in 2012, Bass lost their funding from the Department of Defense, and ATIP's contract expired Due to what would later be explained as fear of misappropriation of taxpayer funds. Yeah, some of us might be thinking that. (laughs) Some of us might not be happy that our taxpayer dollars are going to... Skinwalker uh, Ranch. A-tip, MUFON. Yeah, well... BAP. I was just thinking more going to uh, topics for Necronomapod (laughs) to talk about. So then we go to 2015... Tom DeLong from Blink-22 starts his organization called To The Stars Academy to research UFOs. And sometime in 2016, Robert Bigelow sold Skinwalker Ranch for a rumored $4.5 million to an undisclosed buyer operating under uh, Adamantium Holdings and Adamantium Real Estate, LLC. This is so fucking weird. They couldn't have thought of something a little bit shorter or easier to well, read. Adamantium is the is the fictional metal that makes a Wolverine from the X Men's claws in his whole skeleton. They grafted to his skeletal. <laughs> yeah, like what? What? Adamantium okay. <laughs> real estate mm-hmm. bought. All right, it's quite a profit from the two hundred yeah. grand. Yeah. So I feel like we just glossed over Tom DeLong. How did he like? What's the genesis well, of his involvement? Well, we'll we'll get to him. I okay. Yeah, I was putting this in a in a like a. Chronological, chronological timeline, yeah, we'll get we'll get to we'll Tom get to old Tommy D here in a minute. <laughs> so later in 2016, Bass moves all their stuff off the ranch, and it's and everything's replaced by uh, the new owner security team, which they now carry uh, long barrel semi-automatic rifles instead of pistols that in the mace that that Bass had. So these new guys are out there like 
like fucking military style. And you can see that on the docu- the new documentary when they go mm-hmm. out there briefly at the end there's dudes walking around with big ass uh, semi-automatic so rifles. Fucking, like Jonestown style security. Oh yeah. 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 So apparently they know what to be ready for. I mean to be carrying hardware like Or that. just yeah. the owner beefed it all up security wise and was like just no one gets close to this, no one sees anything, right? I mean, if he's looking for privacy as well. Yeah. Or do you think it was more so they knew what they were getting into? I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, do you think Big, you think Bigelow smartened them up? Well, these guys aren't. This is private now. Again, well, right? But what I'm saying is, like, do you think Bigelow smartened him up to everything they found? Because you would you would alluded to earlier. You think Bigelow might have more information than they showed us? Yeah. Do you think Bigelow smartened up the new owner, or is the new owner just like I'm bringing my security because nobody else is going to get a piece of? This land. Well, they make it very clear with the signs and stuff and the security that you're not getting on that ranch okay. without something. We're not. They're not saying they're going to kill you, but you're not coming on that ranch without being uh, yeah. being prosecuted. Well, as I said, they're not Area 51. They can't shoot <laughs> trespassers. <laughs> right. You know. Well, and this is speaking of just doing whatever the fuck you want. Also, in 2016, after they had bought this, in a public uh, county meeting that was held discussing the new uh, the new owner wanting to close the road leading to Skinwalker Ranch for public safety concerns. I mean, this is it's a videotaped meeting, and that's a public road. And this adamantium spokesperson named Thomas Winterton was there speaking for his quote unnamed client. And Winterson said that his client wanted to work with the county and have a good relationship with them, but he was of the opinion that he would do whatever he wanted and they could sue him if they wanted to. So this guy's just like, I'm going to shut down a fucking public road. And, and again, you can we do don't you know, want. and we'll get into it. We don't know who this owner is. Nope. Who bought it from Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Roger Bam Bam Bigelow, excuse or Robert, excuse me. Robert Bam Bam Bigelow. Did he have big head tattoos? Flames on his bald head. Oh. Those are the best tattoos ever. Bam Bam Bigelow might be the biggest, the best big man in the history of pro wrestling. He could do a moonsault off the top rope at 400 some pounds. Come on. Can't He's underrated. That. Also, Major Pain. He was fantastic in Major Pain. I don't remember Major Pain. Is it the Damon Wayans movie? No, it's so good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't worry about it. Uh, 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 uh. It's so good. It's so stupid, but it's so funny. <laughs> so we'll now we get back to uh, to Tom DeLong. In 2017, he announced that his organization had formed a team of ex-government officials and had proof of government programs. Then later in 2017. Through info from Tom DeLong, the New York Times released a news article confirming all this stuff that we oh. just talked about. I hope he doesn't become an enema of the state. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and have to take off his pants and check. <laughs> and, then, and, then we, and then we would see all the small things. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I had thought about making so many jokes earlier about him and all that. And then I was like, you know what, Mike, don't do that because they're cheesy. And then Dave jumps right in and takes them. So the New York Times story said that the, that a Department of Defense official confirmed the government funded a program known as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. Um, 
Senator Harry Reid confirmed his role in the $22 million, which was awarded to Robert Bigelow and, and Bass and their team to study the phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch. So all of this stuff was was confirmed through through Tom DeLonge and in the New York Times, which is fucking crazy. Like, uh, it's just wild. I mean, the whatever. Blink-182 is out here answering all of our questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then this guy, Luis Salazando, who, um, who's part of Tom DeLonge's uh, the Academy to the Stars, he was an ex-intelligence officer with 20-plus years of experience. He was put in, he was put in charge of ATIP, and he spoke extensively to the media regarding his role in observing and documenting these what he called exotic unidentified crafts and claimed to collect quote exotic alloys and artifacts that would presumably be from Skinwalker Ranch, which will just some new stuff from the other day. We'll get into that. Yeah, at the end. right. So it's still going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll post some of those pictures too. Yeah. Of the shit they, uh, they found. So, and then that brings us to, to recently just last year, uh, Jeremy Corbo and George Knapp released a documentary called Hunt for the Skinwalker, which showed some of George Knapp's old footage from the branch that was uh, given to him from NIDS. And the documentary also shows a brief interview with the new owner, but his face isn't shown and his voice is disguised. Chicken. Well, and his quote is like really cryptic. He's like, uh, he says that he's involved with... Um, it doesn't call them empires, but something along that, like fine. He calls it something along those lines. Like he doesn't say financial empires, but financial something along those lines. Mm. And he cannot be associated with or publicly associated with the ranch because of the financial things he's involved in. It's Donald Trump, isn't it? No, it's says Donald Trump on Skinwalker Ranch. It's not Donald. You can tell it's not Donald Trump. Is it possible that it's still Bigelow and they just transfer ownership to some shell company stuff? <laughs> But why his involved? Why would he want that though? I, don't know. I mean, he's already he loves this shit. You know, I, I feel like like uh, Ian would never do that if because we we consider Bigelow the rich you. Yeah, you'd want that shit, no? Yeah, but unless unless there was too much burden on him or something. I don't know. Well, it's it's really it's really weird. And then if you go to because Adamantium Real Estate doesn't have like an online presence at all. It's really weird. You would think a real estate company would have something. When you Google them, you don't really find anything other than message boards and forms of people talking. But if you dig, and it's down in the in the search results in Google, but you'll find a website eventually. And it says that the CEO is a guy named Manolo, Man, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Manolo Rueda. But this guy that did the interview was 100% not, not a Spanish man. It says that, adamantium comes out of spain which this guy is not from spain you can tell so you think it's a false name they're just throwing up there i mean i don't think adamantium does anything real estate wise sure it's just a shell company to buy the ranch yeah Yeah. sure yeah so they don't need an online presence right like they don't well online they claim to be a real real estate company but then it's weird because we claim to be a real podcast (laughs) everyone knows that ain't true (laughs) And then this Rueda guy, under his description on on the website, says like he's interested in ancient civilizations and cosmic. It's a really bizarre definition for a guy that just owns a real estate company. Yeah. You're like, wait, what the fuck is going? Yeah. Like, what are they talking about right what now? You, what? Yeah. 
Um, and in the documentary, the new owner shows three pictures of uh, daytime UFOs that are really cool. And he says that uh, those were taken at the ranch and he has uh, documented proof of everything. That So the that new owner now is doing everything that we asked why Bigelow didn't do. Right. He's got picture. He's saying he's got pictures. He's got proof. He's only showing a few UFOs. Pictures why? of UFOs. I don't know. He showed three pictures on a documentary, but... Do you think the government's still involved? Maybe I'm getting ahead of our story here. I think so. I'm getting ahead or the... No, um, no, I'm... The government's still involved and maybe telling him to shut up? I think they probably are to some degree. And maybe funding some of it even? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, if they want to be involved, they will be. Yeah. You know, the NSA knows who owns the ranch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not, yeah. Yeah, but that's just, I mean, like, maybe he's being told you can't. Yeah. release this and we'll provide you with su- whatever sure. resource and yeah. you keep your mouth shut and you be happy and that's it. Yeah. I don't know. It and he's so, it's, he's so like, could like, it be Taylor Swift? No. Okay. That cool. was definitive answer. Yeah, that was <laughs> all right. No follow up needed. Okay. The, it, the so guy, I've now proposed Donald Trump and Taylor Swift. You said no, no emphatically to both. Well, people think people speculate online that it's um, I've seen stuff about Elon Musk, uh, Tony Robbins, which I don't even understand why Tony Robbins. Yeah, like that's a weird one. <laughs> right? But and then loved well, him in shallow hell. <laughs> that's the only thing I know him from. Other than he's like a motive. He's the motivational speaker, right? Yeah. So. Shallow hell is the only thing I know him from. Yeah. Great movie. But then pop singer Robbie Williams gets brought up. And this is weird because I thought I actually thought like he was like a one like a one hit wonder and whatever. I guess I was talking he's, to my he dad writes today. Songs, right? He's got all the publishing. Yeah, and credits. I was talking to my dad today. I guess over over in Britain, he's huge. Like he's hmm. a massive star over I, there. I know okay. he had one big hit, at least one big hit here. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what it was. Right. But other than that, I forgot he was even a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. That's, I don't mean to shit on him, but like, he's just not yeah. that big here. Right. I, but I, I guess I think he huge. wrote a lot of stuff before did he, he did that, his one song himself. So isn't that yeah. what Lady Gaga did too? Like she used to write a lot of the pop shit. Did she? I think she wrote, I, I think she wrote a lot of like Britney and Christina shit back in the day. Mm. And then was like, I'm better than both of these broads. And Clearly. went out and... <laughs> Then started draping herself in raw meat and whatever else she does and still hasn't looked as good as Britney Spears, but whatever. Ian, continue. <laughs> so it's weird because in the new documentary, Corbin, Jeremy Corbin and, and uh, George Knapp are hanging out at the ranch when they were briefly allowed there and they're talking, you know, and smoking some cigarettes and then the camera just hands over and Robbie Williams is just there for whatever reason just hanging out it's like it's like wait what (laughs) but do you really think with all this like are they gonna let that just slip that he's just fucking there like with all of this effort that's went into protecting the owner yeah and they're gonna let fucking a little camera footage no but I think Robbie Williams also why is he there (laughs) well at first I was like really confused and then I started looking next to him was scary spice like (laughs) Well, it's it's and it's so odd because then they start a bonfire and they're they're sitting around there. These guys are talking and they're scientists and uh, the the like some ex military guys and, and Robbie Williams. And and they're <laughs> just drinking some beers and smoking cigarettes. And Robbie Williams is just hanging out. God damn, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a hell of a night. Yeah, but so I'm like I was really confused. I'm like, what the fuck? Like Robbie Williams 
so I was Googling some stuff about him. And in 2012, he bought a private island for $600,000 off the coast of California that's supposed to be like a kind of a hot spot for UFOs. And the sole purpose was just for him to go watch for UFOs and hang out on this island. Sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I would do it if I had enough money. Yeah. I'd be like, all right. It's kind of wild that private island only went for 600 grand. It's not very big, I don't think. But Still. Yeah. It's like four square feet. It's <laughs> enough room for a chair and a cooler. <laughs> just to go watch and your, UFOs. Own, your own paddle boat that you got to take back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he, um, I mean, he doesn't own it, but I, after hearing that he spent 600000 on an island to watch UFOs and he's just randomly there, maybe he has a little bit of money invested in the Something. ranch. He's like not a maybe not a full blown part owner, but maybe he's got something invested money wise. Who knows? But due to uh, all the hype with the new documentary, Thomas Winterton made a rare Facebook uh, post to a Facebook group that was trying to figure out who the new owner was or is. Before you read this quote, I just want to clarify who uh, who Ryan Skinner is, because he's mentioned he's this guy that has written a couple books about. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, and he he runs the Facebook group that this was posted to. He's never been on. It's worth noting he's never physically been on the ranch himself, but okay, he runs all this. He runs this Facebook group and stuff. In past posts, I've been tagged and asked to clarify or add insight to the conversation. For the past two years, I have refrained. The time has come that I would like to clarify a few things I have read on this page. This will most likely be the only thing I post on here. First, good job, Ryan Skinner, on keeping this page intriguing and also using what seems to be good judgment on moderating the discussions. I have followed this page since being hired as a consultant and representative of Adamantium Real Estate Holdings over two years ago. It has been interesting and very amusing to read the posts on this page in regards to who the new owner is. As I am under an NDA, I am very limited in what I can say, but in light of several of the past posts, I will just set the record straight. First and obvious, the new owner does not want to be identified. The new owner is very successful and intelligent. He or she or they have gone to great lengths and expense to keep their identity private. There have been layers added and precautions taken to ensure privacy because no public dollars have been used in purchasing or maintaining the ranch. It really is none of the public's business who owns it. I understand the curiosity, but that does not supersede a private entity's rights to remain private. The owner has set up adamantium, hired a law firm to manage it, hired a real estate management company to oversee it, and have done everything through third-party contractors. Even the manager of the ranch was chosen and hired by the real estate management company. When I submit an invoice for my consulting, I submit it to the real estate management company. When we have had contractors on the ranch, they are paid through real estate management company or the owner of the real estate management company. Good luck finding the owners because anyone who knows the true identity of the owners are still under a strict NDA. And even if we weren't under an NDA, we wouldn't risk our access to the ranch and our place in the inner circle for a few moments of glory on a page with people we have never met. If asked, many associated with these 
protective layers would claim they are the owner simply to throw off the, the hunt and protect the identity of the owners. I can tell you for sure, Jeremy, Kenyon, Lockyer, Corbell did not travel on the owner's private jet to the ranch. I will end by saying that many hired to perform functions within the ranch started off doing so simply as a job. Over the past two years, the fascination and the level of involvement by those associated with the ranch has grown, and now many of those hired to do a job have become very involved in the ranch. Do not mistake their involvement as a sign of ownership, or you will chase a rabbit hole that gets you nowhere. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Why even comment, then? It was a lot of nothing. Well, nothing I, was said. But I think the the I mean the hype with the documentary last year, late last year, really like sparked the sparked this whole thing up again mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, trying to figure out who the new owner is, all this stuff. And when was that statement released, did we say? Not that long ago. Right around the time that the do- right around after the documentary came out. And it's essentially them just saying our official statement is we have no comment. Yeah. And you won't know who the owner is, so stop asking. Yeah, and stop looking. Um, and I ended this by saying that was everything with Skinwalker Ranch up until today. But then a couple of days ago, Tom DeLong posted an official statement for Academy to the Stars on uh, on Instagram with some pictures of some weird-ass looking yeah. metal and said that and referenced this, that Luis... Elizondo. Yeah, Elizondo that... Mm. Uh, that that exotic metals or exotic materials quote. And they found that where on the ranch? They're not saying, but you would assume it has something to do with Skinwalker Ranch. And they said they're getting it tested and he hasn't been wrong yet. I mean, he released it in 2017 and it led to the New York times running the article that exposed all this stuff with uh, a tip and everything. So he's definitely plugged in. Yeah. He's got some big time connections, mm-hmm. and he's got the the CIA guy too. Um, I forget his first or his first name, but the uh, Puthoff guy that was uh, the big time remote viewer for Project Stargate. Okay, he's involved in it too. I mean, the thing is, Stargate's cool. Yeah, but there's a ton of people involved in it, so. Who knows, man? There's got to be something going on for all this involvement. With There's a high lot o- of money being poured in this area. Yeah. And a lot of important people have been involved in it. And a lot of them are unnamed. But just take the couple that are named. Colm Kelleher with his cancer research and yeah, and all his stuff. And then you got uh, Harry you- Reid doing shit. Right. And-, and then just businessmen who are successful and don't need money to, to do or this, criticism yeah. or you know they're they're well off in life yeah and then you got robert bigelow doing all his stuff and then he goes and puts two space stations up in space yeah, that's after fucking wild <laughs> yeah. that shit's crazy yeah maybe with technology discovered on the ranch yeah because there's a thing with this balloon like uh yeah. material there's a fucking or bouncy house flying around in outer space right now <laughs> yeah. and i'm not on it and i'm pretty upset about it <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's my it's it's my favorite. And I think it's probably my favorite because it's got the most credibility to it. It makes it seem I mean, uh, well, like there's a chance that f- some of this could be actually be real. There's very little evidence, but there's a lot of credible people saying they saw things. Right. And I still a lot want of, some evidence. I want some goddamn evidence in any of these stories. And I don't want Barney Hill's ass bleeding being <laughs> tell me probed. I, I don't want them saying, oh, our cameras were shut off. 
you know, and I understand maybe it is what it is, but yeah. give me some hard, hard evidence. Well, the new, like in the, the new owner showed those couple pictures and said that they have all the evidence. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe someday we'll see it, but probably not. I would Show assume. us mystery owner. Show yeah. us Robbie Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's a really cool story. Yeah. I love it. All the mystery with everything. It's, yeah, it's cool. Dave, any final thoughts on Skinwalker Ranch? No. I hope we figure it out someday, though. We're going to go camping out there, though? Oh, I would love it. You rent the RV and we'll go. Yeah. You get the RV, I'll supply all the booze. You, you missed the part about all the semi-automatic weaponry. <laughs> guarding the, well, <laughs> well <laughs> I we figured, can go down the road on the Indian... Uh, sure. Hey, this was your idea, man. I'm just feeding off it of was, it. Uh, theoretical. I mean, we could always go out to U- the Uinta Basin and hang out. Yeah. yeah, but we made it very clear in this episode, though. It's all very specific locations where this shit happens, right? Well, the it's basin all- always has a lot of UFO sightings and stuff. Look, Ian's just trying to see some UFOs. I want to see that portal open up with that fucking <laughs> thing come out of it, man. That is nuts. I wouldn't know how to react if I saw that happening. I don't know. I mean, that would change your worldview on everything. I think so. That's what what's it would, for sure. I think absolutely. I don't know how it wouldn't. Well, in the first episode, that clip I used of George Knapp saying that whatever you believe, it's changed his view on reality, what he's seen and been out there doing. So, yeah, it's wild. No final thoughts, Dave? Nothing else on this one? It's old Skinwalker I, I, I Ranch? I don't know. Maybe uh, Putin owns the ranch. <laughs> there's there's a thought. Hey. Well, and, you know, and the gov- the, the other thing uh, that's kind of telling about the, the whole A-tip thing is as soon as that came out public that there was money, I think it was like a Pentagon spokesperson or someone, like tried to dial that back big time and make it seem like this was just a group of people that went rogue with mm. Harry Reid and decided they were just going to do something. But it's like... It's probably not what happened. No. I don't... I mean, you. I mean, I guess... I don't know how it works. I mean, I guess you could maybe go rogue and just do whatever the fuck you want with money. But I feel like there'd be some consequences <laughs> to that if you did that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not... Especially well, unless if it's, it's in a Pentagon black budget, like you said. Yeah, it's black budget money, so... Who knows? It's crazy. But I want to see that portal open up. I'm trying to see that fucking... It reminds me of Stranger Things. Like that. What is it? Now now you lost half the crowd. (laughs) The Demogorgon. The face opens up. That's what it makes me think of. Something like that. Crawl out of that portal. Ian, any last final thoughts on the old Skinwalker Ranch? Nope. I'm good. on Your favorite subjects we've discussed, though. Yeah. This was fun. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. I love it. All right. We got any shout outs? Yeah, I got a I got a bunch of shout outs. So for Instagram, uh, one of our listeners uh, named Avery sent me a message with a with a really good um, topic suggestion. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to him and his dad, Ray, because they both listen all the time. Um, and then I wanted to give a shout out to Kelsey from Instagram. I know we've given her a shout out before, but she uh, she sent me a really nice message about my Jonestown article from the Institute. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh so and yeah. some and good feedback on the Jonestown. She's episode. always giving us good shout outs on yeah. uh, the socials. Yeah, so thank you. It was it was really cool. Then for iTunes, got Chelsea Wheeler, Harley MJ, MMNNCHP, Mungbean81, which that's our our guy from uh, Australia. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, he's always love talking, him. Yeah, um, Breadcutter, Jenny Flower, one two three, uh, Jay from Australia, and Melanie Stuckert. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. And we're still waiting on Chelsea Wheeler to uh, spray paint Necronomapod or do one of her 
uh, nice. Uh, she did the uh, the mural. The mural. Yeah. Throw uh, some the necro logo up there. <laughs> It'd be pretty sweet. Put your put our logo. Just on saying. Your... <laughs> she could do it. She get all the shout outs in the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but yes, cool. you know, thank you all for your uh, your feedback, your um, ratings and reviews. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Fuck YouTube. Don't leave us any comments if it's going to be <laughs> shitty. We discussed that earlier in the episode uh, at Necronomapod. <laughs> Hit us up. Send us comments. We love interacting with you guys. We love when you guys just, you know, let us know what you think about the episodes or tell us how much you love us or how much you hate us. We might just block your ass. Doesn't matter. Um but no, we appreciate the feedback we get from you. If you have any uh, recommendations for future episodes, we might not do them all, but we are always looking and listening and taking uh, your thoughts. And we have a master list that we put them all on. So hopefully we'll get to some to all of them at some point. Gary Ridgeway, which we did uh, for a bonus episode last week, was a that was requested by quite a few people. Yeah. So you never know what we'll we'll end up doing, whatever fits our fancy, but just depends um, on if I change the schedule or yeah, not randomly. This fucking guy. <laughs> we write a schedule out for like a month and or six weeks, and he's changing it every two days with the rabbit holes he's going There's down. There's no such thing as a static schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, let your friends know. Rate, review, subscribe to us. That really goes a long way to help us on the uh, iTunes charts, which gets a lot of notice. July was our best month ever with downloads. Yeah. Yeah. We, had, uh, we had an awesome... Uh, Awesome July. So the su- subscriptions really help and helps get our name spread and help people uh, who don't know about us see our uh, our show and they click and hopefully they stick around. So yeah. Anyways, thanks a lot. Are you guys ready for a cold on beer? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking struggled with that one. <laughs> Let's drink.